With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, Tim McMaster here along with MLB.com Nationals reporter Jamal Collier. We're continuing our way uh, around the roster really as we get ready for spring training 2017. A new home, of course, for the Nationals coming up in spring training. We'll talk about that at some point here on the podcast as well, Jamal. But uh, it's corner infield day here on the podcast. And that's an interesting spot for this Nationals team. Uh, this team's got to feel good about the hot corner after what Anthony Rendon did last year, but questions remain at first base. So let's start there with Ryan Zimmerman. Ryan Zimmerman's still just 32 years old, which kind of blows my mind a little bit, Jamal, because the way yeah. it's gone the last few years, he just, it seems like he's an aging ball player, but that's not the case. He's, of course, had the, the injury issues, the plantar fasciitis last year. Um, they kind of eased him in, and he just had a terrible season. Um, at the plate so from a health standpoint it seems like he's in a better spot this year heading into 2017 is that true yeah that's definitely true uh you know uh, coming up in 2015 he missed a lot of time with the plantar fasciitis and that was kind of the reason that they decided to eat in here not exactly sure how that was going to react how much it would hamper him how much it would limit him um and really in spring training i don't think he played a game in spring training until about mid-march um, and Tim has kind of admitted the way his swing and his, his footwork and everything kind of sets up. It does take him uh, a while to kind of get his rhythm and get everything put together. And I kind of wonder that since he did kind of get a late start, intentionally late start on spring and on and the, and the workouts and such, um, you know, was that just the fact that he was still trying to find his rhythm for so much of the season and then had a couple other injuries kind of set him back as well, other things that kind of you know, didn't never let him really get into a groove. So. Um, right now, he's healthy. We saw him at, at Mass Winterfest uh, in D.C. last month, and he said he already started working out. He had already started kind of, uh, go, you know, getting ready for the, for the season to come. So, you know, it looks like he's ahead of schedule for where he was um, last year. Interesting to see whether or not they still try to limit him somewhat or whether they'll say, okay, we're going to go full go because he did play more games last year than he had been uh, kind of the last couple of years, but just kind of was not effective. Uh, and productive, I should say, when he was out there. So um, this disposition is probably, I think I wrote about it this week, it's probably the, one of the most perplexing positions for the Nationals because they know who's going to start. They know Zim is going to be the starter. Um, but you kind of have no idea what exactly you're going to get from him. Um, but they've also kind of committed to him as being their starting first baseman and, and going forward with him. So uh, it's kind of a make-or-break year for him and his future with the Nets. Yeah, and traditionally, obviously, first base is a position where you expect to get some some offensive pop out of. Um, so you hope he can deliver that again. And and like we said, he's yeah. just thirty two years old. So you would hope yeah. if healthy, he can figure it out. Go ahead. And that's the thing is he's not he's not old necessarily. Yeah. Like you said, he's been around forever. He made his debut at age twenty. So that's why it kind of feels you know. Not obviously, injuries to last year have also been uh, last couple of years has been a thing. But um, you know, it's a guy like you said, still thirty two, but he's coming off three seasons where he's been injured injured. Um, or not very effective, and his numbers are kind of, refills are all going the wrong way. 
Um, you know, three years, you can kind of still make, uh, uh, you know, I don't say excuses, but you can kind of say, okay, well, this thing went wrong or this thing happened or whatever. But she goes to a fourth consecutive year where he just is not very good or not very productive. Um, you know, that's kind of when you have to, to, to figure out something here and either try to part ways or try to make an improvement somewhere, an upgrade somewhere. How about defensively? Because obviously he's a guy who was a third baseman for much of his career. He's moved over to first base. Um, how far has he come as a defensive first baseman? You know, this is a, an odd one here. The metrics hate him. <laughs> the <laughs> metrics do not rate him well. Uh, the last, and he only, He's only played first base for the last two seasons. Um, and and he, so, but, the, you know, watching him every day, and of course, you know, the old eye test is, is what it is, but watching him and, and just some of the things he can be, uh, people throwing him some of the things that he does make at first base, you know, he's, he, he seems about average, seems to be fine, doesn't kind of make um, anything egregious or anything really spectacular. So, uh, you know, they, he, he's an interesting first baseman in that, that he's not probably a plus defender. At best, he's probably an average defender, um, you know, and it's first base, so you can kind of get away with that if you have the offense or the, the power and stuff to make up for it. But, um, yeah, probably at best an average defensive first baseman uh, and on some days a little worse than that. When you look across the diamond to third base, Anthony Rendon, obviously a, a huge bounce back season in 2016, although he got off to a slow start as well. Yeah. I remember early in the season, we talked about it a little bit uh, on this podcast with Bill Latson about the fact that there was starting to be questions of when or if he would ever kind of come around and get back to the guy that he was uh, back in, in 2014, but he did that, and he, uh, he finished really strong and, and overall had a really solid season. The power numbers were there, the RBIs were there, and, and the average wasn't what I think it can be, but it was good enough at 270, the OBP 348. Uh, this is the yeah. Anthony Rendon the Nationals thought they were going to have year after year after year, and now it looks like he will be again. Yeah, similar. I mean, going into last year and into that first half, this is also a huge question mark because Rendon obviously had the big breakout in 2014, and then in 2015 he was he was hurt, but then also really you know not very good when he was playing. Uh, and he really, you know, after, like you said, that start, it was pretty abysmal. Um, and you kind of wondered exactly what kind of player he was going to be. Uh, I questioned, especially the, the power numbers. I, I never thought we are going to get to he get 20 home runs years ago, and of course he gets 20 again this year. Um, he really kind of silenced all those doubts. And has shown that he's going to be a, a piece for them in the middle of this order. Really, besides maybe Trey Turner and Daniel Murphy, he was their hottest hitter uh, in the second half. So really, you know, just like you said, it's kind of get very comforting for them that they know this is a guy they have locked in. Uh, he's only in like, his second year of arbitration was this year, uh, so they've got him locked up for the next couple of years. You know, he's a guy who's who's uh, plays really great defense over there at third base, and is going to be a, a kind of valuable bat in the middle of that lineup. So. Um, a huge year for Rendon. He's won the comeback player of the year and, and really, like you said, established himself as, as a premier third base. So third base is a loaded position around majors in general, but he's definitely one of the premier third basemen uh, in the National League. Yeah, and you mentioned him defensively, and one of the reasons yeah. Zimmerman moved over to first, Rendon, the, the far superior defender at third base. How, uh, how do the advanced metrics view him as a third baseman? Because he certainly passes the eye test. I mean, he's a guy yeah. that you see make the spectacular play and the steady play. Do the numbers like him, too? They do. They do like him a lot. And, I mean, um, it, it's the kind of thing that he was at. Living two years ago, too, he was moved to second base, kind of just uh, when they had acquired Yunel Escobar and, uh, Escobar felt a lot more comfortable at third base, wasn't really to move from third base. So, you know, we kind of forced Rendon to move, which, you know, 
really kind of hurt them in 2015 because Rendon is such a superior defender. The metrics like him a lot. You can obviously just watch him and see. He's a guy who, who was a Gold Glove finalist this year and probably could win a couple of Gold Gloves, uh, Gold Gloves, I should say. But just third base is so, so stacked. Uh, when you look at a guy like um, Arenado, who, who could win the Gold Glove every single year, especially in the National League, Chris Bryant, is going to have a, a, a case for that if he you know, he moves around positions a lot, but he's a great-looking third baseman. And, um, you know, Rendon's a guy who at some point could probably sneak in there and get one or get a Gold Glove or something, but he's a, he's a really good defender. You know, one of last year the strength of that left side of the infield with him and Espinosa <clears throat> really kind of, you know, the Nats really benefited from just some of the balls that they really got to and, and ate up over on that uh, over left side there, but um, you know he's he's even more important right now defensively, defensively because of the way that the Nats have had to kind of move things around. Obviously, Espinosa being gone and and um, some of the other de- defensive questions they're going to have. Rendon's going to be one of the guys who you know is a sure thing that's a plus defender uh, and a good defender. Um, so he's he's very valuable in that in that respect. Um, and, and especially you know would you see him if he doesn't get into the slow start that he did in the first half of last year. Uh, could put together a complete season and, and a season to, to, to mirror to kind of what he was doing in the second half and what he did a couple of years ago. Um, you know, it's, it's an exciting time for them to think about what exactly they have with Rendon, who also is still very young and still could be getting better. All right, how about uh, bench pieces for the corners? Yeah. Uh, Wilmer Difo is, is there on the roster. Clint Robinson. Are both those guys safe to make this team, or is there going to be a little competition as far as uh, backup infield work in spring training? Yeah, Clint Robinson, I think, is, a, is an almost sure thing. He really did not have a great season last year either. But, you know, he's a guy who uh, can cheat still, still under contract, uh, has some power. They like him a lot uh, as far as what he did a couple of years ago especially. So I would think that, um, barring something unforeseen, he's he's kind of a, a backup. They're going to be the backup first baseman. Um, and, and Wilmer Defoe will probably play more middle, more middle infield, I should say. Um, but he, they had him working out at third base a lot last year, too, to kind of increase his versatility a little bit. I would expect during spring training you'll see him get some reps over there, too. They don't really have a, a natural backup third baseman at the moment. Uh, Steven Drew, who's a free agent now, was kind of filling that role last year. Um, they probably love to have Steven Drew back. He's, he's kind of looking out for a starting role to see if he can land somewhere at second base or shortstop potentially. Um, you know, he's still out there in the market, and if his his, his – you know, nothing kind of uh, if his market still kind of stalls for next couple of weeks, you might see him be able to uh, the Nats be able to snag him back or to some kind of contract to come back and join their bench. But yeah, right now, uh, you know, unless they bring some other people in, which I think they're going to try to bring some competition in, definitely. You know, whether it be some veterans or some young players, uh, Emmanuel Burris is one of them uh, who's going to compete for some middle infield spots and potentially the third base spot as well. You know, right now you think that the Defoe is. The favorite to, to to you know be a backup the backup infielder back utility guy, but I wouldn't necessarily call him a, a lock at this moment just yet. All right, great stuff as always. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Nationals edition for Jamal Collier. I'm Tim McMaster. Uh, that's it for your corner infield. Next week we tackle up the middle in the infield. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.